game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Time for Dodger Talk. If you ready for the brand new thing, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vassay is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boys, rolling. It's time for Dodgers Baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. By New Roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk. David Vesey. We are live at Dodgers Stadium after the Dodgers shut out the Padres four to nothing and sweep San Diego in this three-game series. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Welcome to Dodger Talk. We'll be with you until 8.30 tonight, taking your phone calls. Jose Moto will join us at 8.10 tonight. And uh, we got some good news when it comes to reinforcements for the Dodgers. They're on their way, but certainly... Certainly, this three-game series was very impressive, in particular today, the way the Dodgers uh, came back and uh, beat you, Darvish, who, um, outside of a previous start this season, has handled the Dodgers pretty well. Uh, Cody Bellinger did not have a hit against Darvish in his career coming into today's game, and then in his first at-bat of the game in the third inning, homers against Darvish to left center field. So that was encouraging to be able to score first against you, Darvish, and more importantly for the Dodgers to win a game this way instead of blowing them out against guys like Clevenger, uh, who is not going to be probably one of their playoff pitchers, at least at this point in time, he's not that caliber. Also, uh, Sean Manaya is not pitching that great. The Dodgers got him for eight runs on Friday night. But to come back and beat a really good pitcher in you, Darvish, today says a lot about how well the Dodgers are playing and how well their offense is going, not to mention their defense. I know Gavin Lux made an error last night, but the defense for the Dodgers in this three games was above what the Padres showed. The Dodgers today in the sixth inning, they had a couple of really good defensive plays. Chris Taylor made a spectacular catch on Aaron Nola's uh, line drive rocket to left field. He made a great leaping catch and sliding on the warning track there in left field to lead off the sixth inning. And then Tyler Anderson got exactly what the doctor ordered, an inning-ending double play, and that was indicative of how good Anderson was today. Seven scoreless innings, and he only threw 84 pitches and only allowed two hits. And everybody keeps asking me, how is he doing this? Well, he's doing it because he's pitching. He's not throwing. And a big reason why is because the Dodgers have helped him take his game to a new level that it feels like he's been yearning for with these other organizations that he pitched for. They just never could meet his level of what he was looking for as far as 
help to take his career to the next level. And today, uh, he used his changeup the third most. That has been a money pitch for him. So he's becoming less predictable because that has been the pitch that has worked for him so well this year. He got uh, he threw that 21 times. He threw his fastball 37 times. And I feel like at some point you have to put some respect on what he's done this year. He's an all-star. And in his last start in Denver, whether it's head games or not, Bud Black made the umpires check Tyler Anderson in the middle of an inning instead of when he came off the field like most pitchers do. David Ross of the Cubs did the same thing to Tyler Anderson. In Denver, they were trying to get him to, I guess, wipe off the rosin that he puts on the bill of his cap. That's been there all season long. And uh, the umpires are really checking to see if these guys are using foreign substances, and Anderson is not. So I think at some point you have to accept that he's just having a really great year and being on the Dodgers with Connor McGinnis and Mark Pryor, being around guys like Clayton Kershaw has really helped him take his game to a new level. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. As far as this head-to-head matchup between the Dodgers and Padres, I think we all can agree again that the Padres obviously want to show that they belong on the same field with the Dodgers, and maybe they should just worry about themselves and being in the moment and trying to get their own house in order with a lot of new faces on that team. You know, talking to a few of those Padres, they're not panicking over the way they played in this series, but they also understand there's an urgency that you have to get this going fairly quickly now because they are tied with the Brewers, basically, for the third and final wildcard spot in the National League. Forget about the division. I told you a month ago, I actually told you during the All-Star break at a shoe store, WSS to be exact, that this division was in the refrigerator. And right now, the eggs are cooling, the butter's getting hard, as the great Chick Hearn would say, and God bless him and Vince Scully in heaven. Um, That Heaven got a really good uh, pair of uh, play-by-play folks up there. Um, But nonetheless, this division is in the refrigerator. And the Dodgers have a 17-game lead in the loss column over the Padres. The Padres have not beaten the Dodgers very often since last June when they swept them at Petco Park. In fact, the Padres, or in fact, the Dodgers have beaten the Padres 17 of the last 19 times they have faced them. That's not boding well for San Diego in September because they have to play the Dodgers nine more times. Three here at Dodger Stadium and then six more games in San Diego. And the Dodgers really kept this offense in check during this series. They outscored San Diego 20-4. to So the way I look at it is the Dodgers are not the team they're going to look like in September. The Padres certainly are not the team that they're hoping to look look like in September. So we'll see how these two teams match up in September. The Dodgers are expecting by then to have Blake Trinan and Bruce Stargratterall back in the bullpen. They're 
by then expecting to have Dustin May in their rotation or at the very least part of this pitching staff because Dave Roberts said a few days ago that he is planning and the Dodgers are planning to have Dustin May come back in the later parts of this month against the Marlins. Whether that's the series at home uh, a week from uh, this coming Friday or two weeks from now in Miami still remains to be seen. I would venture to say it's more of the latter because the Dodgers, well, actually, I feel like it may be the former here at Dodger Stadium because once uh, Thursday's travel day rolls around, the Dodgers have a string of games to play, and we all know that that's the opportunity for them to drop in starters from the minor leagues. So they got three in Kansas City, four in Milwaukee, and then four more in Miami. So at that point in time, you're playing 11 games in a row, not to mention three more against the Brewers. So you're playing uh, 14 in a row, and the Dodgers have this big lead, and they want to keep their existing pitchers healthy. So I could definitely see Dustin May dropped in during that three-game series at home against the Marlins here at Dodger Stadium. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers shut out the Padres today, 4 to nothing. Cody Bellinger, two home runs. And Freddie Freeman, a surgeon in that batter's box, two RBI singles to help the Dodgers uh, sweep Diego here at Dodger Stadium. And I hope our good friend Tony Gwynn Jr. is driving home safely. Very emotional during these three games. Let's go out to Sherman Oaks. Mark, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Mark. Hi, Dave. Um, I'm coming from the stadium. It was a very impressive win. I really enjoyed the game. I have a little bit of an unrelated question. I see that Joey Gallo was DH. Um, didn't really enjoy that choice. But more than that, James Outman, I had read, has been optioned. I think he would have been the better choice. If it went, why was he optioned, and when do you think he'll come back? They optioned him when they activated Joey Gallo, and uh, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later because he was impressive, Mark, and the sound of the crack of the bat during batting practice and what we saw in games. It's a different sound in a good way. And thank you for the phone call, which brings us to Joey Gallo, who uh, has struck out six of the first 10 at-bats as a Dodger. Now, it's a little premature to say, you know what, let's abort this experiment of Joey Gallo. But it, this continues a very rough season for Joey Gallo that started in the Bronx. And we have seen Joey Gallo be the hitter that he has been the majority of his career. But needless to say, the Dodgers are going to continue with the Joey Gallo experiment. He actually has taken at-bats away from not only James Outman, who's in the minor leagues now, but he's actually taken at-bats away from Trace Thompson because Trace is a reverse splits hitter so far with the Dodgers. He has not hit lefties that well, and they were starting to start him against right-handed pitching. So, in essence, Gallo today is taking at-bats away from Trace Thompson. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Tuesday because the Dodgers are expected to activate Justin Turner off the injured list. More than likely, Miguel Vargas will be sent back down. But how does that play out with Muncie now starting to hit the ball better and the last uh, week or so having better at-bats? Uh, how do you work in Joey Gallo into uh, the lineup with Justin Turner back and Max Muncie swinging the bat better? 
Gavin Lux has been steady all season long. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe he's a guy off the bench, but uh, the Dodgers certainly have a lot of players, and that's a good thing. But my only question is, how long does the experiment go? Does it go all the way through the end of the regular season? I kind of feel like it does because you never know about injuries. And you heard Kevin Pillar last night come up to the booth and take your phone calls for an hour and also say that he is going to be healthy at some point in September. So the Dodgers are getting a lot of players back between now and the end of the regular season. Hopefully they can keep the guys on the field currently healthy as well and that starts with their pitching let's go out to carlsbad sean you're on dodger talk with david Vasse. hi sean hey david just want to give a shout out to that starting pitching it's been phenomenal it was phenomenal in july uh right after the all-star game break they uh rattled off i think the starters had 38 innings in a row without giving up an earned run um this weekend they only gave up one earned run the whole series against this uh powerhouse Slam Diego team, so I was very happy to see that they shut them down. Uh, they did give up four runs over the three unearned yesterday, and uh, even David Price shined again on Friday night when the when when the spotlight is on David. Uh, hey, and I, I've been a David Price fan all season. I'm not going to try to say I have been. I've said some things about David that I probably shouldn't have, but on Friday night he really impressed me. He went through uh, Soto, uh, Machado, Bell, Drury and Cronenworth and got them all. So the starting pitching uh, has been phenomenal, and I hope they keep it up because a lot of people have been wondering how are these guys like Tony, uh, Tyler, and Heaney, how are they going to keep it up without Bueller and Dustin May in there? And they've done a phenomenal job all year. Yep, no doubt about it, Sean. I would say Anderson has been a pillar of strength uh, the entire season. Gonsolin has showed that maybe he's running out of gas a little bit, but it was nice to see him get out of a first-inning jam on Friday night where he threw 30 pitches and ended up pitching five scoreless innings. Andrew Heaney, look, he hasn't pitched that much, so he should be fresh. <laughs> he's only made six starts for the Dodgers this year. Let's go out to Redondo Beach. Jody, you're on Dodger Talk Live from Dodger Stadium. Hi, Jody. Happy Sweet Diego, Dave. Yes, indeed. I feel like the Dodgers put the Padres uh, not back in their place, but certainly gave them a reality check that you might win the trade deadline, but the Dodgers still are loaded. Hey, uh, just to, I'll make this quick. Um, the Padres obviously killed it with the trade deadline. Those pickups were incredible, Soto and whatnot. They will be no question, in my mind, a formidable opponent come postseason. But let's just take our save our breath tonight. Enjoy the hell out of this past weekend. It was incredible. Yeah, it was a fun series and really emotional to start it all off with the great tribute on Friday night to Vin Scully before, during, and after. And certainly uh, he was on our all of our minds all weekend long. So um, it was uh, an emotional three-game series, emotional from the Padres side of things, emotional from the Dodgers side of things as far as Vin Scully goes. And it was great to see uh, Peter Seidler, the Padres owner and the grandson of the great Walter O'Malley here at Dodgers Stadium tonight. They actually put him on the uh, Sunday night baseball broadcast. We saw him up here in the press box, just first class all the way. 
and that's uh, the O'Malley legacy. First class all the way. His mom, Terry Seidler, his uncle, Peter O'Malley, his grandfather, Walter O'Malley. So uh, a lot of history with the Seidlers and the O'Malleys, and uh, they obviously were beloved by Vin Scully. Vin Scully would mention uh, the O'Malleys quite often in the middle of broadcasts, and he never would leave out. I always remembered this. Obviously, the O'Malley last name carried a lot of weight and still does, but he never forgot about um, Walter O'Malley's daughter, Peter Seidler's mom, Terry Seidler, whenever he referenced the O'Malley's. That's something that always stuck out whenever Vin would uh, tell a story or just say hello to the O'Malley family. And Peter Seidler certainly carries on that legacy for the Padres in San Diego. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We're going to take a time out here on Dodger Talk. When we come back, we'll check in with Jose Moda. Also, more of your phone calls between now and 8.30 as the Dodgers shut out the Padres 4 to nothing and win their eighth in a row on AM570 LA Sports. On air at AM570, online at am570lasports.com, and available by podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This is Dodger Talk with David Bassett. One to center field and deep. Going back is Myers at the wall and it's gone. Bellinger with his second home run of the day. He is three for three and the Dodgers take a three to nothing lead. Cody Bellinger with two home runs today to help the Dodgers shut out the Padres four to nothing and complete the three-game sweep over the Padres during this three-game series. The Dodgers outscored the Padres 20 to four at Dodger Stadium. Welcome back to Dodger Talk. David Vasse live at Dodger Stadium, and we would like to congratulate. Kimberly Caldera of Arcadia, who receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for playing the Daniels Jewelers Home Run Forecast. For your chance to win a $50 gift card, go to am570lasports.com slash home run. After the game, I asked Cody Bellinger not just about today, but the last two weeks. The reason why I asked him about swinging the bat better the last two weeks, going back to the last homestand, I really saw something encouraging for Cody Bellinger. He was listening to Justin Turner. Justin Turner is one of the better hitting coaches as an active player that I've been around. And he can help a lot of guys. And I thought that was so encouraging that I saw Cody Bellinger actually listening to Justin Turner as they were coming back from the batting cage into the Dodger clubhouse during the last homestand. And uh, it seems like it's starting to pay off because Justin is a big believer in sticking to the process, not getting sucked into the results. And all of a sudden, the results start showing up when you stick to that process. And Justin Turner will be back with the Dodgers on Tuesday against the Twins. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's check in with the Dodger broadcaster, Jose Moda. And Jose, number one, everybody keeps asking me, what is Tyler Anderson doing? How is he doing it? So maybe you have the answer. I know I don't have the answer, but I'll tell you one thing that I've seen from Tyler Anderson compared to uh, previous seasons is I've watched him, we know, the funky delivery. 
You know, Dave, a lot of times when you go to a different organization, you best run organizations, there's times when there's organizations that stick to one plan, and it doesn't matter who you are, in terms of pitch selection, location of certain pitches, sequences. The Dodgers are different. You know, I've talked to more and more guys as I've been spending more time here now and getting more familiar with, you know, the system. There's time when the Dodgers tell you yes when others said no. And it could be repeating a pitch. It could be tripling up on a changeup. It could be doubling up on a fastball in. And he has taken it to heart and executed. That's why this guy barely ever makes mistakes. You saw the toughening he had in San Francisco. And other toughenings he's had during the season because he is facing, you know, qualified big league hitters. But he comes back and finds something just as a reminder to go out there, just go to the basics. And it's fun to watch because he does not stay in one pattern. It's one thing to do it against a Rockies lineup, albeit at Coors Field. It's one thing to do it against a weak Giants lineup. But to come into tonight's game, Jose, and do it against a much improved Padres lineup, that was really impressive. Truly impressive in so many ways because if you take the Padres one through five, they can beat you with a lot in a lot of ways. Obviously, Profar has been a headache uh, against the league, 350 on base percentage. Then you have obviously Soto, and you have Machado, and you have Cronenworth, and uh, you have Bell. Bell's a very good player, a very good productive player. But Anderson's plan today was not one of, let me find out what they're doing. It was pretty much, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to get it done. And he just did not vary overall. But you're right. You go through lineups and carve out certain lineups that are not as strong as others or maybe some of the best hitters are scattered. But this is top-heavy where he did not give in through strikes, was aggressive, not worried about velocity. He pitches his game. And to do it against the Padres and to do it against Darvish, I'll never get tired of saying this, Dave. To beat good pitchers, you need – good pitching today was a reflection of that as to how he might match up against some playoff contenders number one number two starters jose moda is joining us here on dodger talk we are live at dodger stadium after the dodgers shut out the padres four to nothing on sunday night baseball all right jose i've mentioned all the numbers how the dodgers have dominated the padres the last 19 times they have played them what did you take away between this head-to-head matchup with the Dodgers and Padres in this series? Um, look at the Dodgers and, and look how well-rounded they are. That really was t- comes out to me. I mean, going back to the first series they had, um, Dave, when, when there's a bullpen pitch that needs to be made, the Dodgers have an answer. When there's a defensive play to be made, they've had an answer for the Padres against everything. And then consider the starting pitching and what they've done against the Padres throughout the season is pretty much off the charts consistent and allowing the offense to go out there and and get a chance even on games like today hey the window was not all that wide against a guy like Darvish as it's not with top guys but the window says hey go out there and simplify things and have team type at bats is what they did against the Padres all season long then you have the bullpen and the middlemen involved to go out there and bridge that gap to allow you to win those ball games when you see the Dodgers get ahead early in games, in particular the first two games of this series by a wide margin, could you see the Padres hitters starting to press, in particular guys like Juan Soto and Manny Machado that are expected to make this offense go? Hey, listen, no matter what, Dave, you come to a new place and you know what the expectations are, you're going to put a little more pressure to say, hey, 
there's a reason why they got us. We got to go out there and perform. Not that I saw the panic or the urgency, but I did see uh, very uncomfortable swings, swings that did not look sometimes like Juan Soto. And one of them I uh, wrote today actually made a note to myself in which he was like sweeping the bat um, through the zone, almost like guessing what is he going to throw to me. Let me have this type of approach. Same thing with Josh Bell. We did not see him hit the ball hard consistently, uh, he, and he's a very tough out. Cronenworth is a guy that's uh, – among all those big names, I fear a lot because he's come through in so many key situations. And then Machado, who is not himself right now, Machado is hitting around 200 since he injured that ankle. But, you know, it's baseball. Injuries do happen. He, he rushed back. But um, overall, it's a team that is going to take a little bit of time to gel. And as you mentioned, too, there's added pressure now, not because of the division and how wide it is, but now with the Brewers and that third wild card, they know they've got this team to go out there and be a playoff contender and obviously to get into the playoffs and win playoff series in october all right jose the dodgers have a 17 game lead in the division as they head into their off day we'll see you back at the ballpark on tuesday night enjoy your time off my friend do well all right thank you jose no time off by the way off day dodger talk my man off day dodger talk tomorrow from Dodger Stadium, 6 to 8 p.m. from Clayton and Ellen Kershaw's charity event, the Ping Pong for Purpose event, supporting Kershaw's Challenge, a great uh, a, a great charitable organization led by Clayton and, more importantly, his wife, Ellen. Uh, we will be out here from 6 to 8 p.m., so we'll have Dodger talk for you uh, during the Ping Pong for Purpose event. And a uh, friend of the show, Brad Paisley, is going to be out here and very eager to celebrate the Dodgers sweeping the Padres during this three-game weekend series. So Brad Paisley wants to pour it on San Diego tomorrow night sometime between 6 and 8 p.m. on off-day Dodger talk. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's go back out to the phones. Tustin, Ryan, you're on Dodger talk with David Vassay. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to speak to something you mentioned earlier about uh, the trusting the process comment. I know uh, the other night, I think it was last night after Muncie hit that big three run home run, Watson had him after the game and she was asking him the same thing. Like, what are you feeling? You've been hitting the ball really well. Cause he's been crushing it lately. And he had that same comment. He said, you know, I'm just trusting the process. And I, I think we've all been probably frustrated. I, I know they're probably more frustrated than anybody, you know, Bellinger and Muncie this season, but Having a, a player like Turner uh, coming back, not just playing, but I know when he signed that contract, people thought, you know, he's getting a little bit older. We're kind of worried about that. But one of the things you'll never see on these war stats are leadership, you know, clubhouse leadership. And yeah. having a player like Turner has really helped kind of keep these guys focused. And I'm just so stoked to see that they're turning it around, Bellinger and Muncie, um, trusting the process and having guys like Turner on the bench. Uh, even when they're injured, just kind of helping them through, that's been huge. No doubt. And that's the value of Justin Turner. And he, I've, you know, Max Muncy told me, Ryan, back in 2018, I, I remember exactly where we were. We were at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., and I was interviewing Max Muncy, and I asked him about Justin Turner. And he said he is the player that gives the best scouting report after facing the pitcher on the mound, meaning he'll face the pitcher do whatever he does, get out, get a hit, hit a home run. 
but after he'll come back to the dugout and let the rest of the hitters know what he's seeing firsthand because you could have all the pregame prep you want about a pitcher, but if they're doing something differently and especially seeing the ball in person, uh, when you take that back to the dugout, that is what Max Muncy said is the best scouting report you can get. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers shut out the Padres tonight 4 to nothing at Dodger Stadium on Sunday night baseball. So the national stage saw what we have been seeing over the course of the last 19 meetings between these two teams that there is still quite a bit of gap between the Padres and the Dodgers. Remember, it wasn't the Padres that unseated the Dodgers as the NLS champions last year. That's what everybody was talking about in June, but it turned out to be the San Francisco Giants who had everything go their way for 107 wins, while the Padres turned into a very dysfunctional team in August. This year, the Padres had their sights again set on winning the NL West and competing in the division against the Dodgers. They had to go out and make wholesale changes at the trade deadline to just upgrade their offense, and they are still 17 games back of the Dodgers in the loss column and just got swept at Dodger Stadium. So maybe that'll get the national media to pump the brakes on the San Diego Padres. 866-987-2570. By the way, before we go back out to the phones, this is symptomatic of the country wanting to see a different team win. That's the way we all felt about the Atlanta Braves when they won 15 consecutive division championships. We all wanted to see something different. When the Bulls and Michael Jordan were going through their run, I know right now uh, they put them on a pedestal and they make it seem like it was Camelot in America because of Jordan and the Bulls. I lived it. We were all tired of Jordan and the Bulls and John Paxson and Steve Kerr. We were all tired of it, and we wanted to see something new. Did we want to see the Spurs and Knicks in the NBA Finals or the Rockets and the Knicks in the NBA Finals? No. That's not what we were looking for, but we all were looking for something different. So when you have sustained success like the Dodgers have had since 2013, it's the natural reaction from everybody outside of L.A. to try to root for the underdog. And in this case, it is San Diego, which still has not won the NL West during this run of Dodger dominance since 2013. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Lakewood. Alan, you're on Dodger Talk live from Dodger Stadium. Yeah, hi, Dave. Hey, guys, 17 games. Can't believe it. Hey, I just want to go out to tell Vinny we loved him. And uh, my sister sent me a – she lives up in Sacramento, a Sacramento Bee, two weeks before he passed away. And they had a big article on there about the transistor radios and Dodger Stadium and everything. But uh, I want to talk about, hey, Anderson's going to be one of our aces. And, uh, of course, Khrushchev, hey, let him rest, come back. and. Uh, hey, we'll see him out hey. here tomorrow. Ping pong for purpose. Uh, this is the second time, if memory serves me correct, that he injured his lower back before 
his big charity event, but I understand there's going to be a blackjack table, so maybe he takes a pass on the ping pong and plays some blackjack tomorrow night here at Dodger Stadium, and we will have Dodger talk between 6 and 8 p.m. live from the Kershaw's Challenge Ping Pong for Purpose event. Uh, how about this? We did not have a microphone in the Padres clubhouse, but Kevin Acey, the great beat writer for the San Diego Padres and the San Diego Union Tribune, just quoted Manny Machado after Manny was asked whether or not he was worried after being swept by the Dodgers. Machado responded with, quote, I'm Manny bleeping Machado. Why? Gotta love that swag from Ocho. 866-987-2570. I'm Manny bleeping Machado. Let's go out to Luke, who is at Dodger Stadium tonight. Hi, Luke. You're on Dodger Talk. Hey, David. How are you? I'm doing great, Luke. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I just want to first off send my condolences out to the Scully family, the entire Dodgers organization, and Dodger fans all over Southern California. We love Vin. We're going to miss him. He was the voice of the Dodgers for my childhood, my dad's whole life, and it's uh, you know it's a, it's a big loss. I hope you rest in peace. Um, other than that, we were there last night. We were there today. It was great to see Muncie's bat wake up. It was great to see Belly hit the two bombs today. CT3 with a huge play in right field right in front of where we were sitting. You know, it was just, uh, it was amazing. I was happy that we swept them. I got a lot of friends down in San Diego who are Padres fans, and they were talking a big talk coming up here, and I think we made a big statement by sweeping them today. Go Dodgers. All right, Luke, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. We'll see how it shapes up in September because – I expect the Padres to get this thing in gear by that time. The Dodgers and Padres will see each other again the next time when the Dodgers are in or when the Padres come back to Dodgers Stadium on September 2nd for a three-game series. And from there, the Dodgers have two more series in San Diego. So these two teams will see each other nine times in the month of September. And if you're going off uh, recent history, that's not a good sign for the Padres, who have lost 17 of the last 19 games that they have faced the Dodgers. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to James, who is at Dodger Stadium. How you doing, James? Hi, Tyler. Hi, this is James. We're on the 5 freeway going back to the Valley after watching the game tonight. Wow, it was so much fun. And yeah, guess what? It was. Now we know what you look like. Cause we saw... Can I hear you? I can't hear you. What? Yes. Well, that's a problem. If you can't hear me, that's not conducive for a conversation, James. I heard we saw what you look like on the video now. Now we know what you look like. On the video? What video? All right. You just stick with the GPS right there. I have no idea what video he's talking about. But you can see what I look like on social media at the real underscore DV is where you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at officially Vassay. And you can see the photo of Kevin Pillar uh, in the booth last night. He stayed until 11 o'clock, the full hour for Dodger Talk last night. It was great to have Kevin up in the booth for the full hour taking your phone calls. He said he wants to do it again, and certainly he has a future if he wants it as a broadcaster. Um, I thought the two things that stood out to me, or three things that stood out to me, about Pilar being here for the full hour was how insightful he was about 
the analysis he could give us from this Dodger ball club, even though he's on the injured list, when the Dodgers are at home, he's in that dugout, he's in that clubhouse, and I thought he took us behind the curtain as much as he could. Also, I had no idea that Kevin Pillar had a 54-game hitting streak in college for Cal State Dominguez Hills. 54-game hitting streak in Division Two. No matter Division Three, Division Four, Division Two, a 54-game hitting streak. And we found out that Robin Ventura has the longest hitting streak in college baseball history, 58 games for the former White Sox and Dodger and Met Robin Ventura. So that stood out to me, a fun fact I'm sure many of you did not know about Kevin Pillar having a 54-game hitting streak in college. Number two, he kind of broke news that some of the beat writers were excited about, that he is going to play again this season. He will be healthy enough to force the Dodgers to make a decision and insurance in case another injury occurs between now and then to another Dodger outfielder, which we have seen is very conceivable. And the last thing, and maybe the first and foremost thing that stuck out to all of us was the great story he shared about meeting Vince Scully. It wasn't at Dodger Stadium. It wasn't at a baseball stadium. It was in Vin's own home because Kevin's dad owns a flooring company in Woodland Hills, and you could still see it. It's there. It's open for business, Pilar and Sons. And uh, Vin Scully called them, unknowing that his son was uh, a college or high school baseball player at the time. And Mr. Pilar invited Kevin to come to the Scully house on the chance that Vin may be home when they did the flooring at the Scully home, and Vin was there, and that's how current Dodger, Chaminade High grad, and San Fernando Valley legend Kevin Pillar met Vin Scully. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. To hear the full hour with Kevin Pillar, you could find it on the iHeartRadio app. Let's go out to Inglewood. Gary, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Gary. Hey, Dave. How are you? I hope you're well. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. I hope you enjoyed your Sunday. Thank you. I did. My question is, if I can phrase this briefly, after that trading deadline, I was a little down because I thought the Padres may have locked it up for themselves. I know it's a large lead, but I also thought that, I don't know, you know, bad things can happen. But I was wondering, what since you're around the players, do you think – that their psyche, their uh, attitude changed after sweeping the Padres, I would have to think that they would think, hey, these guys aren't invincible and we have what it takes to beat them now. So I think that that would the effects of the trading deadline should be erased in their mind. So what do you think? Well, Gary, what makes the Dodgers special is they have the mentality of not getting too emotional over a regular season three-game series or even a playoff series. That's what has allowed really the core group of this team to be able to sustain success. Uh, they never panic. Uh, most of the guys down there have been through bigger games than this three-game series. And it reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you've been watching the captain on ESPN, but they're going through the Yankees of the late 90s, mid to late 90s, and early 2000s. And all these other teams thought it was their time to dethrone Jeter, Bernie, Pettit, Clemens, and it never was. They got way too hyped up. I'm thinking about the Oakland A's 
uh, a couple of different seasons where they had the Yankees down in a playoff series and they said the Yankee dynasty is over. Well, it turned out the Yankee dynasty wasn't over. They came back to beat the A's. Billy Bean still has never won a World Series championship. I'm not even sure his teams have never gotten to the World Series. So that's how these Dodgers resemble those Yankees. And those Padres kind of remind me of some of those American League teams that thought this is our time. Well, you have to prove it and not prove it in August, and not prove it in September, but prove it in October. And they have yet to do that. So we'll see where this season winds up, but the Padres right now are on the bubble of the playoffs because not only are they 17 games back of the Dodgers in the division, but they also are tied for the final wildcard spot in the National League. So it's one thing to win trade deadlines and off seasons and everybody get excited, but at some point, The players have got to put it together, and they have just over a month to find a way to get all these guys incorporated, and that's a big job for Bob Melvin, who has done a pretty good job all season long, not to mention Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back sometime between now and the end of the regular season. So like I said, when we see the Padres the next time at the beginning of September, we'll see how their team looks and how they've incorporated all these significant players that they acquired at the trade deadline. That's another thing the Dodgers have going for them. These players have been together not just for a couple of months, but a few years. So we'll see where it goes between now and the end of October. That'll do it for us on Dodger Talk tonight. Tomorrow, we will have off-day Dodger Talk from Dodger Stadium, 6 to 8 p.m. from Clayton and Ellen Kershaw's Kershaw's Challenge Ping Pong for Purpose event. We will be here live from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll be talking to players, to celebs, whoever comes by. But I'm looking forward to seeing our guy, Brad Paisley. On Tuesday, the Dodgers will be back in action against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Dodgers-Twins two-game series here at Dodgers Stadium. Julio Urias will be on the mound on Tuesday night. He's 11-6 with an ERA of 257. uh, Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck begins at 6 o'clock with first pitch at 710. Joe Ryan will be on the mound for Minnesota. He's 8-4 with an ERA of 367. Thanks to Colin Yee back at our Burbank studios. Thanks to Dwayne McDonald out here at Dodger Stadium. And thanks to you for listening. Once again, the final score from Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers sweep the Padres, win their eighth in a row with a 4-0 shutout victory. Have a great night. See ya.